is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control. And this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging Respiratory virus threats, nerve tag, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I just say, I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behavior.
first off after reading that little line I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine this is not a fucking joke anymore this is fucking dead serious I am fucking dead serious these people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with they are in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot but fuck they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of they do not fucking understand no fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood never I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage fuck these motherfuckers Welcome, 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 everyone. Ah, another day, another stream, and uh, what I wanted to do, I can't do because, uh, well, <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, I made that bed in particular. I guess it's a consequence of yesterday's stream. Um, and I guess, in retrospect, um, I, I asked uh, uh, Dippy Moo. If she would eat, or some other people, would you would you eat deer meat from chronic wasting disease? And I think people have taken that to mean that deer meat has definitively been shown to uh, cross uh, cross into humans. It can cause uh, a form of variant called well, Yakov disease, etc. And um, the simple fact is is that generally, right now. We think that that's not the case. There is, uh, I've spoken about this before, there is the the species barrier and the, uh, and as a consequence, I'm not recommending eating <laughs> deer meat. Let's, let's, let's not go the other way. I think you should be cautious uh, anytime that you know that there are infective um, transmissible prions in the environment, and you should be circumspect of any scientific literature because it's subject to change. It's just the best, uh, best. I don't want to say guess, but it's the best 
estimate with respect to um, currently available data points. And it's come up a few times in the last few weeks as well. And so I wanted to spend the time, I was just sort of fishing around for something as recent as possible. And I want to I just checked in to the Telegram channel and there was actually a, this was as I was hitting the stream. So this was even after I was getting ready. Um, we, we have more data to bring to the, uh, the, the table, as it were, um, in terms of just if you want to know about uh, prions and, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into that uh, somewhat. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I I understand that there was, uh, <laughs> you know, the dog being the dog was uh, not suffering fools gladly on that stream yesterday. Um, I don't. I, I was I was generally measured until <laughs> Plank brought up Denny Rancor and and the fact that these people can't understand that um, a weapon system would cross across multiple domains in order to achieve maximal efficacy that still sort of still sort of blows my mind somewhat so um the well, if you're new here you know what 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 is it that i'm doing uh, with myself why why would uh what i considered myself to be an academic uh scientist working in um primate models of basal ganglia disorders suddenly be sitting here talking about uh, biowarfare well you know the simple fact is is that the evidence has been mounting and mounting that it's um incumbent upon you know that you take a, an oath that I took seriously when I when I took my phd which was the uh it's your job once you once you've been given this title to be um, to speak to the public and to your peers about um, what what is your uh, expertise, and the unfortunate fact fact is is that because my expertise crosses that domain of neurodegeneration, um, and now we tend to understand neurodegeneration as prion like disorders. Um, it's it seems to have uh, oh it's something I've I've taken on uh, myself as well of course um but I've had to find myself um, walking people through uh, this this science and you know it was it's hard enough trying to get people to um, explain or, or understand things like you know basic things I can remember like, four years ago just trying to. Uh, explain to people about neurotropism and viruses and peptides getting into the brain and them then being able to cause um not and it's actually not just the neurodegenerative um endpoints right it's all the stuff that converges around it and there's this uh, it's the neuropsychiatric issues and um the 
uh, well, I, I, we'll just stick with neuropsychiatric, but um, di disorders of um, personality, the fragmentation of reality that some people can go through, the um, OCD <laughs> type behaviors that we're uh, coming to know and love. And um, so I've been wanting to focus in the last uh, few weeks as um, it, it seems I, I get this message often, which is, what can we do? What can we do? And so my my goal was to try and sort of focus around what was on the. Yeah, you know, on, on the horizon with respect to um, therapies, et cetera, and, and countermeasures, countermeasures to the countermeasure from the biowarfare agent that they made. And it doesn't, in fact, it's sort of me point now, whether it was accidental or not, it's out there, it's out there and it's doing what it's was designed to do. And that is get past, get past your barriers and into, into, um, organ systems where it can wreak harm and, um, you know, as as to whose benefit that is, I I find myself drawn more and more to um, the the people telling you that there's too many people, um, literally believe that there's too many people, and they intend to be proactive about reducing those numbers, and the uh, let's see, um, let's see, Mod RNA says, I guess you support all him racism and he spews he's not a scientist only a bigot um i don't know what that, that you're talking about me yeah a bit casual racism and misogyny yeah who doesn't find that funny um what's the uh it's just rational science to ask questions um let's see why isn't my thing scrolling oh i, I see it's trying to update stop it me do this. Do this. Ah. Oh, I can't. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my uh, chat. Uh, they want to maintain their primacy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And um, the, how do they do it? Well, the, the, the model has been around for hundreds of years, which is um, corporations. Um, and I'm trying to find what mod RNA saying but why is my oh I, that's why my mic is touching my keyboard let's see um but it's still jumping ah what if i do this hang on one second i do that and then i do this ah, that one fixed it uh kev kev's following what the Stop it. Kev's following with the gay community has picked up after he declared on national radio that these apex predators are going to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I did say that, didn't I? Um, yeah, if, if only it were that. Um, I'm not... Uh, I'm not sure it's um it's just that I'm afraid it's it's going to be far far worse um 
please demonstrate to the world how they isolated the virus. Um, I, I've been doing this for four years, okay? You either understand molecular biology, genomics, or you don't by now. The fact that we can extract out essentially the full, not even chopping it up, can read it out, read it out in one go and find the, uh, the viral genome shows you know all all objections that these people had it's it's nonsense it's moot what do you think that they spend billions of dollars on this research for they want you to think that there aren't viruses dimbo they want you to believe stupid psyop hangouts like andrew kaufman and tom cowan and bimbo fucking bailey people who have never spent any time at, at scientific benches doing essentially the the grunt work required to uh get replication in uh in scientific endeavors and the simple and the other simple fact is is that viruses are used on an industrial scale you can order them online should you be so permitted if you want to you can do all sorts with them you can change the nature of cells with them. You can do things like optogenetics and chemogenetics. There's the, the, the list is so long of how these tools can be used that it's risible that people would think that it's impossible to isolate these things and manipulate them. What, what do you think they're doing when they take something like optogenetics, where they take a rhodopsin? meaning a, a, a protein that re responds to light and put it into a viral vector that has no need for peptides that respond to light and then have them selectively express in parts of the brain and then you can switch them on and off with the flick of a switch with uh, diodes. What do, you, how do, what do you think they're doing there? How do you think they do that? You are, if, you, if you are sitting there right now watching what's going down, right? All these people, right? The, 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 essentially, the sort of like the prepper independent types who were waiting, waiting for the Bill Gates, etc., to make their move on this world, on this planet, right? And you're sitting there thinking, oh, what they're doing is just, uh, it's just a fake magic trick. You, you really think they would do that? You think, you think when they come for you that those are just blanks? Loaded into your gun, into their gun, I should say. Well, are you just going to fire blanks back at them? Is that what you're going to do? And these people have been working and refining this technology for literally, well, you know, what's the modern molecular era? I mean, I mean, it's a fuzzy boundary, but even if you went back to the 50s and said, okay, they've, they've isolated DNA. The fact that we can, um, <laughs> we can pick down unique tribes in Africa down to the square mile with respect to their, where they live because of their genetics. The fact that you can take uh, genetics and use it in a court of law. <laughs> All of these things point to the fact that these phenomena are real. And you know what they use to uh, help build out a picture here? Computers.
Yes, that's right, computers. Because once you can transpose something into binary data, etc., and uh, interact with it in a programming language, you can begin to probe it and then test it with ever more refinement, which is what they've been doing. How do you think that they managed to basically clue in a human catalyzing protein epitope? right on the part that just uh, happens to spring loose when that virus comes into contact with your cells. <laughs> you think that's all just fucking fairy dust? You think all those people now who've got sludge for blood is just fairy dust? <laughs> you, think it's all, you think it's all just stuff being spewed out by uh, airplanes in the sky? You people are fucking divorced from reality. That's all I can say. And you, you'll get taken first, right? Because you're so fucking dim and gullible. That's what will happen to you. <laughs> it's no good people like me talking to you in a, in a language. Look, I get it that you don't want to trust the um, shirt and tie or bow tie wearing often um, wackademics who are talking to you from the... <laughs> media complexes that are run by corporations i can assure you I'm not a corporation beyond the legal instruments that were foisted upon me on my birth okay these these are um these are facts that you have to bake into your mind right now if you it, like i say there's there will be no helping you otherwise and the amount of tools, weapons that they can bring to bear will be something that you just can't cope with. You won't be able to navigate it. <laughs> there, were, there were people last night that were still thinking that their telephones work by uh, copper wires and, and women sitting there plugging things in and one to the other. No concept that everything now has been digitized. It's all fiber optically connected and you're... Everything is uh, watched over by, com by computers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but computers. <laughs> I'm calling him out. Stop the hate. Add value, not hate. I hate you motherfuckers. How about that? I hate you for the dim fucking nonsense that you've been spewing out that's taken a hold of people whilst they were being predated upon by these fucking apex predators. I hate you for it. I hate you like I hate the fucking apex predators and the lick spittles that follow them around waiting for something to fall off the fucking table that they might gorge on it just so they can get that new fancy sports car an extra holiday at next year. I hate you with bile from deep within my fucking stomach, you cretins. If they can do this, how do they protect themselves? You're a fucking moron. You don't, you don't, what, what do you do when you set off, uh, do you believe in radiation? Is that something that we can agree on that's real? Well, you know where the radiation blast is going to be. Well, you make sure that you're far away from it. You make sure that you have the best with respect to hand of countermeasures. You make sure that it doesn't get out of hand within your particular group. They don't care about you. They'll let it rip through you. 
They want to bring the numbers down. They want you into manageable little Bantu states where they can come in and pick off the ones that they want to, uh, whatever, bloodlust fucking... You people are so fucked, I swear. You are, like I say, man, you're fucking divorced from reality. <laughs> Let me state this again for you, okay? You don't even have to worry about viruses now because they've got the weaponization down to epitopes and prions, and they know enough about prions now that they can predict and game out where it's going to be. Okay, and like I say, most of even those that think they're on the uh, way up on the on the feed chain, they they they're in for a rude awakening. I'd say that biology says otherwise. I don't think you know shit about biology. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on here spouting the fucking nonsense that you are. I'll bring you on now if you want, and I'll walk you through the, the science that needs to be done. If that's what you need, if we need another fucking moron episode just to deal with fucking dimwits that don't get the actual science to hand. Do you think that we're unable to do chemical probing? Biomolecular probing. Do you think we don't know what proteins are, peptides are, amino acids? Do, do you really think that that's all some fucking mystery out there that just it's, it's impossible to probe? Is, is that really what you think? You, you, really, you really believe that? You really believe that these people have looked around and seen all these uh, phenomena in the, in the natural world? And haven't thought to themselves, oh, that could be useful under uh, certain circumstances where I would like to get an advantage. Kev's okay, on point tonight. I wanted to talk about species barrier, why it's important. Instead, we've got people still thinking viruses aren't fucking real. Look, modern let me let me try and explain it to you. Okay, when they develop a weapon like this, it's not just the immediate agent itself. Okay, they understand the weapon from the microatomic scale to the sociological scale. They knew how to implement as much damage as possible and make sure that uh, as many people as possible got exposed. Otherwise, there's no point doing it. There's no point going in on half fucking measures. And it's done now. <laughs> That's it. They don't have to do anymore. All these people talking about disease X, etc. They don't have to um, feign pandemics etc. Except for the one where they talk about, oh, well, now, uh, yeah, we well, sorry, we fucked up. You've all got prions now. We have to lock you down because we can't have you uh, going around spreading it. That's, that's how they uh, secure themselves. Mod RNA terrorizes JC's chat. Is that true? Um... 
Species barrier is huge. We need this info. Yeah, you do. You do need this information. And trust me, mod RNA, you were gamed in to their systems as being a useful fucking idiot that they could rely on to go around spreading everything. How does it feel to feel that you were duped so fucking hard? They rimmed you so fucking hard in the ass that you're fucking choking on it. How did deer and scrapey sheep in same pens interact? Like I say, look, there are some aspects in terms of tracing, tracing it back. There are just going to be big holes because of the latency in um, exposure to disease progression and i don't think we'd ever really get an honest answer and the the fact is that um they knew about scrapey they've known about it for hundreds of years and they would have been trying to weaponize that agricultural biowarfare is high high up on the list and who knows what they were doing as they were fucking around with this stuff. Um, 2016 paper, so old. Um, now, I've got one from last year I wanted to do. Um, I think it's, uh, it's important. That 2016 paper about species um, crossing, it's an important paper. It's actually, um, it's, it's one that I keep close to hand. Um, the... But we've got a new one, which you know will enable us to uh, at least at least see what's in the public domain. And you know the the simple fact is is that the mod RNAs of this world they are fucked, they're done for, and um, they're they're too stupid to realise what's going on. And you know I'm not going to miss their contributions to the gene pool at this point to tell the truth. Uh, I've put you on speakers, Doc. Money's on the fridge. Thank you for the smack in the chops. Uh, you're welcome, Gaza. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the support. Um, let's see. I don't have my windows set up as how I would like. Not that one. Um, this one. Yeah, this one. I say people who are going around thinking, oh, God, my viruses aren't real when they don't understand. They don't understand the real attack vector is prions. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, goddamn thing. Come here. Do this. Um... Let's see. Jiggles, you look worn out. You okay? Uh, I'm just not sleeping well with uh, my back. Um, that's all. So um, it is It is what it is. Um, and I need, I need to 
um, there's work to be done. There is work to be done. So, um, what what's happened in Japan in the last week or so? So, uh, there's been a, a press conference that was done on the 11th, which I want to look at because uh, they bring up the issue of prions, and I'm in communication with these people and I'm basically laying down the prion risk and um, I think we should take a look at it and um, just to just just to see the sort of lay of the land here and I'll try and explain the the meaning of what it is that they they're talking about and what what can be expected um, here in Japan um, more damn beans in the chat. Good to see, sir. I uh, hope the uh, bambina is uh, sleeping soundly and her parents are resting. Uh, let's see. Did this, did this. Discord. Where did Discord go? Over here. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's. You know what, dude? Um, uh, let's. You know what, dude? Um, I can't. <laughs> that account um, is uh, lost to me right now. I stream to it, but um, I don't even know what the fucking password is. And Google password save is uh, is no good. Uh, let's see. Doc, just finished watching an interview with Jessica Rose on the Iron Wheel. Just about everything she said mirrored what you've been saying for a long time. Um, yeah, eventually people are going to catch up, and you know, I do. <laughs> I made the decision very early on in this that um, this isn't conventional science at the moment. I don't care. I don't want accolades or anything. I want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong about this. But the problem is, is that um, I understand actual scientific data. I understand the um get out. I understand the the mechanisms at play. I understand what it looks like as it as it begins to emerge and um I'm I would prefer that it goes away. I really do. I've got kids. Um and I don't know what the world looks like that they're gonna be inheriting. Um, if they inherit anything, because uh, who knows? Well, I will make the presumption right now that for what we know about prion disorders, that um, the younger you are, the less impact it has. And short of the rapid catalyzing um, approaches, which may be present in the data as pointed out by Luke and Jean-Claude. Um, I'm going to I'm going to hope that there's still chance to get to <laughs> breeding age that you can that the natural selection processes can work because that's that's the only long-term solution to get past the bottleneck in my mind. Everything everything else is just um people's clamoring to save you know another minute of their wretched soul's existence and 
depopulation 2030. Yeah, well, it's probably going to take a little longer than 2030, but listen, Marharani, they, uh, yes, they think there's too many of you, of you, okay? And what, you, you think that, do you think they just depopulate by fucking fairy dust again? It doesn't work like that. You've got to get something into a population in order to affect it. You know, things like, uh, you know, good old-fashioned myxomatosis that we gave to uh, rabbits because they were getting out of control down in Australia. <laughs> you know, things like that. You decimate a population and you use biological agents to do it. I don't think this is um, state actors per se. They can use state actors, that's for sure. But they're... They're not... Um, it's not like they've got a coastline you can rock up on and um, give them a good ass kick in that way. Yeah, depopulation is already underway. And, you know, the drop in births is something that I keep an eye on. And that was something I wanted to just bring up today before fucking mod RNA tried to come in here trying to, <laughs> trying to tell me what fucking molecular biology, virology is, <laughs> biology, neuroscience is. <laughs> These fucking people, man. Imagine, imagine, imagine thinking that you're qualified enough after listening to a fucking plank like Kaufman or Bimbo Bailey and then thinking you can come and just try and <laughs> debate or argue the scientific merits of a fucking nonsense theory based on essentially sophistry. <laughs> imagine, imagine how dim you fucking have to be to want to do that. Wow. Um, yeah, eugenics. Eugenics through just wiping you out, you dim fucker. <laughs> well, you think that just fucking magically happens? Look, I'm, I'm intrigued, Mod RNA. How, how did you think that they were going to do it? How, how did you think that they would cut the population in, in more than half, cut it 60, 70%? Just, you know, a, a sentence or two in the chat. Just tell me, what did you think the mechanism would be to do that and do it on such a scale that people don't notice or they don't notice the initial attack vector? Just explain to me what that is. How, what, what mechanism would that be? some way that you can get past it it can't be a fucking chemical toxin because we'd detect it too easily it's got to be camouflaged in your biology so that it's very difficult to uh, extract out find out what the actual issue is just tell me what you think the mechanism would be economy itself makes people reluctant to have kids you know fuck the economy <laughs> you put on a, for one thing, man, adaptation. You are, you are failing all the generations that came before you that to, not, to not be spitting out progeny. It's a failing to your family and it's a failing to the species that fucking spawned you. They are using infertility as well. Of course they're using it. How do, you, how do you think you get 50% or 20 to 50% drops in birth? Oh. 
Yeah, of course it's been delivered through a vaccine, but you have to, it's more complex than that. Again, you have to understand the weapon works from the atomic scale to the sociological scale. All those things have to line up and then they'll take the shot and they've done it. And now they don't have to do anything else. They can put you down stupid rabbit holes all the time and you won't, you won't think about anything and you won't concentrate on what it needs to be done, which is actually spitting out progeny and encouraging your progeny to have fucking progeny. Instead, you want to put them through woke fucking university courses and have them become fucking automatons. It doesn't matter if you didn't get jabbed. If they've weaponized prions and they're filling up the environment right now, that's it. It's done. It's done. Now come the cancers. And now come the translation disorders. And we can just say, oh, some of it's just, uh, it's that toxic, it's that toxic lifestyle. It's that, oh, it's, uh, it's greenhouse gases. It's climate change. They'll blame anything and everything. Whilst they, whilst they quietly holster their weapon. Targeted proteins. What do you think prions are, you fucking knob end? How do you think they make prions? What causes the misfolding in the first place? Catalyzing epitopes. You know where they found all those catalyzing epitopes? On fucking viruses. I think our medical system has been weaponized against us for 40 years now. Rates of neurodegenerative issues, autoimmune and cancers in the young have been increasing. I think if you tighten them all up before COVID, like half of our youth some sort of issue food is an issue but so are other childhood interventions at least some of them yeah yeah i'm inclined to think so right now um and a lot a lot of it was just because we we loaded everything with perverse incentives that's 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 what happened um fallen world human genome and everything else erodes um well i i think uh <laughs> archaeological evidence etc tends to um you know these these um fallbacks to look i don't want to be hard on people's um eschatological worldviews okay but the um we've been around for a long long time biology life has been around for a long long time and it'll get through this event right but the um the bottlenecks are there and it's the archaeogenomics is showing it now. I think the childhood vaccine schedule. Yeah, but the thing is that childhood vaccine schedule, it's a US phenomenon. It's not elsewhere. So you have to you have to account for all the other countries, right? You need as parsimonious an explanation as possible. How do you take out as many people as possible? And look, they don't care about Africa, right? Those people are easily placated. <laughs> Just 
give him some food and uh, some bling. That's it. A gold-plated AK, and they're they're happy. Um, the outlook from finance is just great. Yeah, I don't think finance is going anywhere either. All right. So um, rather than me just uh, going off at the camera, let's uh, let's do this. Um, this I'll keep this one up just because uh, we'll do this. Good doggy praise for you. Um, we all need uh, prayers. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Do that. All right. So um, you wandered in here, wondering who I am, uh, ranting and raving at the screen. That's me, Dr. Kevin McCann, systems neuroscientist, now turned prion specialist, as I try to explain to dipsticks like mod RNA what the actual tack vectors are that they would initiate depopulation through. <laughs> Africa wins. If so, we're in so much trouble. Yeah, but they, they, uh, they know how to manage those people. Um, they've been doing it a long time. Uh, they want genetic engineering and new species of humans. They believe that they can advance human evolution by millions of years by a few gene splices. Um, you're giving them too much credit. They just want you gone, ficko. All right. Um, what I would ask is that, oh, I'm not on the screen, am I? Uh, who remains to manage the people? Well, the chosen, <laughs> the chosen class and their acolytes. You ain't in it. You ain't part of that group. Trust me. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me. Uh, let's see. Um, again, how do they save themselves from prion? That's the part I don't get. Psychopaths aren't usually suicidal. Well, if you know that they're out there, you can take the measures against them. Again, distance, mitigation. Um, you know, maybe they've got, you know, I've, I've been looking at the, um, the landscape. There are, there are molecules out there, which, um, are on the horizon, which may be of use and they, they go at it that way. And if you know your food supply is not tainted and you, um, you know, the, uh, the exposure you're getting is minimal, then, um, you're your chances of success are, are way, way better. And as and the thing is, it'll just be a amplifying process as systems begin to implode and then and then the short term effects will kick in, hunger, etc. And this will and then that'll get amplified by people resorting to cannibalism, etc. Um We all want to protect our families. You're too thick to protect your family, mod RNA. You're fucked, mate. So's your family. Sorry. Um, no safe dose. Mm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Unknown countermeasures. Hell, they knew ivermectin worked. They started shutting down access to that before people even knew it was a treatment. Yeah. Same with hydroxychloroquine, etc. All those, all those factories blowing up. Huh? Just, just so it happened. Uh, 
not sure they're psychopaths or they want to avoid it. It could be an ethically perverse group. Yeah, and you heard that we we listened to that clip the other day where he was just saying um, it has to be, um, well, camouflaged and egalitarian. So maybe they're expecting to get it anyway. And, you know, the, what does the science tell us? Is that, that there, there will be bred into the population. There will be a surviving population. And it's those that have the um, adaptive polymorphisms to the, the variant of prion that emerges. So it's, they may just, yeah, they may just want to be going, going down with it as well. All right. Uh, don't forget, Honey and Barry Sherman murder, murders were major HCQ producers. Yes, that is true. Um, anyway, I'm not doing my job, which is uh, remind uh, remind you all um, if you wish to uh, keep the dog in the fight. Working through this science for you. Uh, hit that big blue button behind me, McCannDojo.com. Uh, use your user cards, PayPal, Patreon, buy me a coffee, subscribe, star, cryptocurrencies, Discord, or Gilded. If you wish to um, join the community, uh, you can be registered to be notified in the left-hand corner there. Um, there, look. And uh, if you'd like an email when I go live, and of course, you can watch the stream there. Um, you don't have to log in or anything. And uh, I promise not to do with your data what big data actually does with your data um i'm i'm on i want human beings to win this thing all right so um what kind of sequence would a prion have well we know it would be the 253 amino acids that make up the normal prion protein it's just it's flip into the um the scrapey form that's the issue now the the real question is is are there combinatorial prion interactions this is i think this is where the big unknown is and what are the prion catalyzing epitopes remember the prion catalyzing epitope in sars is not in public databases okay so they had to come up with that somehow and you know i would imagine that once you start using computers to close down the probability space. I don't know. I have any. Yeah. Need to do a vape order. Fun dog's vape habit. <laughs> dog's, the dog's praying for the widow maker before uh, the brain rot sets in. So, um, <laughs> send shekels. Hit that big blue button. Help the dog blow big white clouds of uh, fuck you vape all over the camera. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I tried to use PayPal, Kev, but it didn't work on an address I've used before. Do you have a new PayPal account? Yes. If you hit the uh, donate via credit or PayPal, um, you can go there and uh, it should load up a PayPal um, sign there and uh, you can use your PayPal account. Um, should you wish to... Oh, let me... oh, I'd have to log in. <laughs> can't be asked to do that now um but uh just dm me or send me an email i'll send you the the address but um if that doesn't work uh use your uh usury cards i suggest all right so um as i want team humanity to win i want there to be something approximating a record that archivists can uh trawl through um at the end of days that's why we have we talk you listen.com i hope we're uh, <laughs> i don't want to do that i want it to go live what's the matter with you 
What's that tax evading blick up to now? <laughs> there, we are live. There we go. Um, so you should be able to go there. And let me, so it wasn't working yesterday. So let me do this and pop that out. And then I just want to see if that's working. Test. Did that work? No. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. All right. I'll, I'll get that uh, bleak of mine to uh, look at it later. All right. So uh, what, what was the first thing that I wanted to look at? Well, actually, I wanted to look at uh, this. Um, which is... Uh, the Japanese, um, Professor Fukushima and Murakami uh, did a news conference, and um, we're going to listen to that. I'll probably speed it up some because it's not in English, and I'll be reading the subtitles. Eh, it's 10 minutes long. Uh, hang on. Let me, let me do some organizing on the screen. So... Uh, some of it's legible. I'm not reading for 10 minutes. Save my voice. There, I'll put that up there. And we'll do this. So we'll just, um, you've got to read it. I'm not reading it out. Um, they're talking about uh, the impact from the vaccines. Um, what what can I tell you? I'm I'm talking to these people and um, they know about the prion issue now, and uh, thankfully they bring up prions. Um, they uh, they point to Jean Luc's uh, paper, and anyway, um, they they're trying their best. え、サル、2023年6月16日に設立し系統的に調査しましたところ、共学する事実が判明しました。数千に上る論文がワクチン接種後の副作用として報告されていると、その数は去ることながら、すべての臓器にわたっていると。もうあの眼科からそれから一般の内科からそれから。So for those that can't read, he's basically saying that they um. They see side effects uh, across every organ system, ophthalmology, general medicine to psychiatry. あ、神経、精神ですね。で、そこであのそれを論文にまとめて、え、昨日公開されました。有志医師の会が事前に調査しました。日本の学会でどれだけの症例が報告されているか。こういうことは今まで薬の副作用とかですね、なんかでも一切
So he raises an important point there, which is that um, with, you know, he's talking about um, chemotherapy drugs and the side effects are essentially a known parameter with uh, exposure to uh, the uh, spike protein. Um, it's it's a crapshoot and um, a lot can be uh, put down to... Um, Well, I'd put it down to uh, protein misfolding and inflammatory responses. パターンが決まってない。全身に起こる複数の疾患が同時に起こる。見たことがないというのが医者の率直な意見です。で、日本の先生方も頑張ってですね、いろいろなジャマが入る。ね、そんなワクチンの被害なんか報告してどうするんだ
、我々はあのスパイクタンパキ質と反応する IgG4 が一人一人でどういうレベルで存在をあのしているかをしっかりと調べていきたいと思っています。でもちろんです問題なのはですねあ、こういうあたりまでもあ分かっているわけですよ。失敗したワクチンなんですね。失敗したワクチンを今でも打っていて、この厚労省が認めているわけですよ、失敗したワクチンを。だから、これは僕は今すぐですね、あのやめてほしいというふうに。思ってますし、えっと、いろんなところでそういう、えー、発信発言をしてもですね、一向にあのやめないということですので、あの我々は明確にエビデンスを出していって、一個一個、えっと、一つ一つ論文として発表をああの、えっと、し,していきたいと思います。まあ、そういうことで、このデータベースを作ろうということで、福島先生と一緒にのやっておりますが、今のところの大体201種類の疾患と、そして、の副作用の報告数としては3071本の論文が出ているということで、まあ、1つのワクチンでこんだけの論文が出ているというのはこれ人類史上初めてでございます、まあ、そういうことでこれをきちっとした科学として誰も反論できないような形で国と日本の医師に提唱しようと思っています次のスライドお願いします、まあ、そういういことでこでの右にあるのはちょっと細かくてあの恐縮ですが、お手元のハンドアウトのデータを皆さん見ていただきますと、まあ、心臓の病気、腎臓の病気、甲状腺の病気、糖尿病、肝臓、皮膚の病気、目の病気、血液の病気、そして神経の病気、全身の病気、脳の病気、肺の病気と、もうありとあらゆる、まあ、医学の全ジャンルにわたる病気が報告されているということで。福島代表がおっしゃったように、前科が一斉にパッと発症するのが今回のワクチンの副作用の特色です、まあ、そういうことで、次のスライドをお願いします、まあ、そういうことで、バーっとそれぞれのデータを、心臓、腎臓、内分泌、肝臓というふうに、病名で取ると同時に、どういうふうな範囲でいってるかというのをずっとやりますと、ものすごい。これ何ページにもわたる論文がの報告されているということで、これは精神障害、精神症状、うつ病、抑うつ不安。This is important part. He's saying mental disorders, psychiatric symptoms, depression, mania, anxiety. Oh, all the lead up to a spongy form, encephalopathy. 不安、神経。だから精神病院いっぱい出てくるわけですけども、きりがないんだよね。なんでこうなるのっていうことですよね。これだから実際もっといろいろあのキーワードをね。例えば今のようなあのコビドナインティワクチンじゃなくて、サーズコブトゥメッセンジャー RNA ワクチンとか、いろんなキーワードに分けてやっていくとね、どんどんどんどんもっと出てきますよ。だからこれは一部です。先ほど井上先生が紹介したのにしてもあ、あくまでパブメドというデータベースであって一部なんですよ。パブメドで引っかからないのも。だからヤコブ病が引っかかってない。So. Uh, like Kreutzfeldt-Jakov disease, it's not caught, basically, meaning it's tough to look for.、Um, there's not much representation in PubMed,、um, I, I would say, just because most clinicians will,、um, well, won't, won't make the association. And、um, again, it's, it's difficult to diagnose and will get shunted into、uh, basically dementia type disorders. These government scientists are independent,、um, these are、um, academics. At、uh, Kyoto and Tokyo University.、Um, so they're, they're tenured basically. 
ところがこういう歴史とした論文が出てるモンターニア博士で HIV ねエイズのウイルスを発見してノーベル賞をもらった先生のこれは遺言的な論文ですよ彼亡くなったんです So he, he, he's pointing at the papers um, to Luc Montagnier. Many scientists were warning that who said it, could be hazardous because of the possibility of prions, discussed it with prion experts, um, meat. And um, I think we can stop it there. I want to just try bringing up uh, this. This is working. So um, here we can see what's happening. Yeah. What, what happened there? Do this. So um, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease. Are all going up, other diseases of the nervous system. Um, we're not sure what this big jump was in 2017, um, but there's been a significant jump over last year and this year. And um, I wanted to, oh, where did I put the, cancer related. Submit. Oh, I should have. Uh, I'll sit there and think about it right now. But um, let's see, Doc, what's the heck going on with excess mortality in my age group? Hovering at thirteen percent reported. Oh, yeah. Well, when you uh, when you see the environment on a mass scale with amyloidogenic peptide, that's what's happening. And the um, uh, people need to understand that there's uh, a link. It doesn't just have to be genetic mutation to cause cancer. It can happen at the misfolding stage and um, cancer related, death by cause, not working. Mm, I'd, I'd have to dig out the link. Um, Anyway, um, this dashboard is being updated. This is being made by one of the people who's part of that group. And what I can tell you is, yes, there's an increase in um, particularly um, blood cancers. And, you know, that's kind of to be expected now. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, you seem to discount the damage caused by the mRNA itself. It's not all prions. No, 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 I, I include that, but then... What's the what's the mechanism for um, it to be able to continue to catalyze after the initial exposure? And I would I would put money on that everything, pretty much everything, can be put into protein misfolding. Any long term amplifying process that's protein misfolding, and. Um, and of course, you've got the issue around um, continued spike expression well beyond um, what they were claiming it was, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, point is, again, that um, it's been, uh, it's, it's done now.
<laughs> the shot's been taken and they can they can go all around talking about things like disease X and what have you. It it doesn't matter. Um uh, as depressing as it is, inform the public, sure. Most important, but it needs to come with a message of hope. Yeah. Um have kids. <laughs> that would be that's the message of hope. Have kids. Um James Hill Substack, CJD. Uh yeah, I saw someone link to that earlier and, um, you know, it's it's good people are picking up on it at last after four years of me banging my head against uh, what felt like a brick wall. Um, anyway, let's, uh, this is what I wanted to look at as well. Um, Sweden. So everyone sort of holds Sweden up as the uh, model model system that they were to be uh, following. So December 20th to 2023, birth rates halved and deaths continued to climb. Sweden wasn't a success. It was a test to see how devastating lockdown under the guise of focus protection could be. Births in 2022 equals 67,266 by the end of October. In the same period for 2023, births are down to 36,456. Holy shit. <laughs> There aren't many Swedes being popped out into the world at the moment, and uh, I would imagine a good proportion of that 36 uh, aren't, aren't what we'd recognise as Swedes, if you get what I mean. So what was killing Swedes in 2022-2023? What has caused such a drop in birth rates? In 2020, Sweden locked down care homes fully for six months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not going to spend um, too much time on that. The important point was, uh, if we're to believe uh, these statistics, I'll put the link here. Um, Sweden has a um, a catastrophic drop in birth, and you know, are are they going to be talking about that again? I I haven't checked the veracity of um, his data. I mean, he's given me. I mean, it's all in Swedish. So <laughs> let's see if we can find their birth data um, here is this where he's getting the number from uh, population increase compared to the same period January here it is um, I don't know what this is. Some some Swedish government site, um, statistics authority. So uh, population growth up to including November twenty twenty three, thirty three thousand eight hundred ninety two. Population increase in the same period in twenty twenty two, seventy thousand three hundred ninety nine. That is not just people being concerned about economics. I'm afraid, um, it's. There has to be something causing such a catastrophic decline at the moment. I hope someone can just say that this is some artifact at the moment for the Swedish um, collection of data. But if this figure is true, that's uh, very, very problematic. And... Um, Uh, 
what's the minimum breeding per uh so there are they think that we've gone down to as much as like seven thousand breeding pairs within the last hundred thousand years going from genomics etc so um uh, let's see Glyphosate's vaccination societal pressure. Um, that doesn't cause a 50% fucking decrease. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, well, if you include the new vaccinations, I guess, that could... Um, let's see. I suppose they could argue it's preliminary statistics uh, for 2023. Let's hope they find uh, 30 odd thousand births uh, tucked behind the sofa. All right, so what else did I have that I wanted to look at? We looked at this, and um, oh, yeah, so of course, everyone keeps sending me stuff disease X. And I got a feeling we looked at this clip recently, but. Um, they're talking about porting down, et cetera. And again, suddenly, suddenly our uh, <laughs> countermeasures are being legitimately being developed in um, biowarfare facilities. Okay. <laughs> Nothing unusual about that, folks. Nothing at all. The interesting thing about severe human bottlenecks is that there is a one to seven male to female ratio of breeding pairs. Um, meaning seven women for one dude. Is that true? Uh, imagine the nagging you would get. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> if it was metrosexual CV, CV19 birth control, rampant abortion pills, etc. Like I say, all of those, um, all of those, except, you know, they've been pretty constant for a long time now. So you've got to explain what, how would you get such a precipitous drop in, um, in births? Doesn't, it doesn't compute. And, you know, I know that data from Singapore was looking sketchy, Australia, Japan. And, you know, people say, well, you know, it was trending down anyway. Mm. I ain't so sure. Um, Oscar Man says he ain't complaining about that stat. Uh, you ain't been married long enough then, dude. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, right. So um, I didn't have, I just wanted to get to, not that one, this one. Prion assemblies, um, structural heterogeneity, mechanisms of formation, and role in species barrier. And um, I'm going to guess by the looks of it, these people, Italian maybe, or Paris, and University Paris. All right. So uh, let's see. I think as a as it's a review article. Um, we get that we're going to be talking about um, prions. So I might skip the uh, that abstract. I'll get rid of that. 
And um, oh, it's going to be a long read. A long, long read. All right. So, uh, prion diseases are a group of expanding fatal infectious neurodegenerative disorders affecting humans and wildlife or farmed animals. These diseases include Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease in humans, scraping sheep and goats, bovine spongiform encephalopathy in cattle, and chronic wasting disease in a wide range of cervids. And uh, of course, that means not just white-tailed deer, but moose and reindeer. Um, Prion diseases have a worldwide distribution. In humans, they are considered as rare diseases. Sporadic CJD has a worldwide incidence of one and a half cases per year per million. In animals, the situation is more contrasted. Up to 12,000 cases of classical BSE were reported each month in the UK at the peak of mad cow epidemic in the early 1990s. In certain regions of North America, CWD is endemic, reaching greater than 70% prevalence in captive herds. Now... <laughs> Classical scrapie, which is endemic in Europe, had prevalence estimates in sheep that varied from 0 to 245, I don't know what's that, percent? I guess a typo there. Um, before implementation of control measures at the beginning of the 21st century. Prion diseases are constantly re-emerging. While circulating only in North America and for a limited period in Korea, CWD has suddenly emerged in Scandinavia in 2016 and is now threatening Europe. A camelid prion disease has been discovered in Maghreb in 2018. In humans, the last identified prion disease is called variable, variably protease-sensitive prionopathy. Um, we looked at that the other day, considered extremely rare. This very rare disease was discovered in 2008. Prions, the causative pathogens of prion diseases, can propagate between different species. Prions have a zoonotic potential or are truly zoonotic agents, as exemplified by the emergence of variant CJD in humans due to the consumption of BSE-contaminated food. There are currently great uncertainties about the exact number of CJD asymptomatic individuals more than 20 years after emergence because the molecular determinants of the species or transmission barrier that limits interspecies prion propagation remain mostly unknown. Prions are formed from abnormally folded P uh, conformers, uh, PRP scrapie, of the cellular form of the prion protein. In the mature form, PRPC is a 210 amino acid long monomeric glycosylphosphatidylinositol GPI anchored membrane glycoprotein with high primary and tertiary structure identities across mammals. While PRPC N terminus is unstructured, PRPC terminus is folded into a globular domain composed of three alpha helices and a small two stranded beta sheet. PRPC is ubiquitously expressed in the organism. That means it's everywhere. Okay, so where misfolding can occur, um, you can get prion disorder in that particular tissue. Uh, let's see, PRPC exerts a growing number of signaling functions in the healthy individuals, from neuroprotection to stem cell biology. PRPC is also involved in other pathologies, including cancer and Alzheimer's disease. Abnormally folded PRPSC is enriched in beta sheet content and assemblies into polydisperse and amyloidogenic assemblies. Cryo-electron microscopy near atomic resolution structures of purified PRPSC are currently emerging. They suggest a reorganization of PRPC in parallel in-register assembly within a fibrillar supraorganization. What does that mean? 
So the bead of beaded sheets are sticking together as a ligament, basically making a big crystal, um, sharp razor-like crystal. Uh, PRPSC assemblies deposit mostly in the CNS. They also accumulate at variable levels and in a strain-dependent manner in many peripheral tissues, including notably the lymphoid tissue, spleen, lymph nodes, etc. As for conventional pathogens, PRPSC replicates and its biological activity or infectivity can be titrated by bioassays in bioindicator animals or permissive cells or by cell-free amplification assays. Scrapey prion self-replicates by templating PRPC conversion and polymerization. In sporadic cases, host PRPC would, for unknown reasons, misfold spontaneously into a replicative conformer initiating the self-replication process. In inherited cases, host PRPC would fold, misfold due to mutations in the PRP encoding gene. In acquired cases, the PRP scrapey conformer would be acquired accidentally or on purpose, should you be wishing to aim for population management. Uh, In essence, these models state that monomeric PRPC is constantly recruited by PRP scrapey assemblies, allowing a cooperative production and accumulation of further prion scrapey assemblies. The most popular models remain so far the autocatalytic conversion model by Griffith and the nucleated polymerization model by Lansbury and Cowie. Maybe you'd say. But these two models describe qualitatively the cooperativity of scrapey accumulation. They consider scrapey assemblies as a static object. Moreover, they fail to describe the process of prion structural assemblies, uh, diversification, and evolution. In this review, we show evidence that scrapey assemblies are structurally heterogeneous. PRP scrapey heterogeneity will be considered at different scales. At the host population level, with different circulating PRP scrapey conformations or strains, but also within a single host and within a single strain. In the second part of the review, we will elaborate on the mechanisms of PRP scrapey diversification. In the third part of the review, we will discuss the importance of PRPSC heterogeneity in prion cross-species transmission. PRPSC assemblies, conformational heterogeneity must be considered at three different scales. The population level, this diversity corresponds to the existence of different strains circulating in different hosts from different from the same species. Strains are conformational variants of prion scrapey with specific biochemical and biological phenotypes. At the individual host level, i.e. field isolate, this corresponds to the coexistence of strains. One may be dominant and impose its phenotype but subdominant strains may co-propagate. Interesting. Heterogeneous scrapey prion propagation. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they vary not only in their quaternary structures, but also at lower levels of structuration, tertiary and secondary, and impacting in turn their replicative and biochemical properties. In prion-susceptible host population, multiple prion strains are recognized due to structurally distinct scrapey assemblies. Biochemically, these scrapey species can differ in their post-translational modifications, e.g. their relative ratio of glycoforms, their relative resistance to protease digestion or relative stability towards chaotropic treatment, e.g. urea or guanidine hydrochloride or heat treatment, 
this points to profound differences at different structural levels. Phenotypically, in both infected hosts and in laboratory animals, notably transgenic mice expressing mammalian PRPC of interest, prion strains exhibit specific and synchronous incubation times, stereotyped clinical signs and neuropathology, including the deposition of PRPSC and of vacuolar lesions in specified regions of the CNS, and specific tropism for peripheral tissues, including the lymphoid tissue. Based on the biochemical and neuropathological analysis in affected individuals and or on strain typing studies in laboratory animals, at least eight different strains have been isolated from scrapie, affected sheep and goats, including atypical nor N98 strain. Why is it so hot in here? Let me just some my heat packing up. No, that's good. Just give me a second. Be interesting what comes out of Davos this year. Um, I imagine they'll be uh, clinking glasses uh, in celebration of a job well done. All right, uh, let's see. Where were we? We were talking about chaotropic treatment. Uh, prion strains exhibit specific and synchronous incubation. Yes, that's right. Neuropathology, including deposition of scrapie and vacuolar lesions in specified regions of the CNS and specific tropism for peripheral tissues, including the lymphoid tissue. Based on biochemical and neuropathological analyses in affected individuals and or on strain type, yeah, we did this, uh, we did the NOR98 strain, free strains from bovines with BSE, the classic one responsible for mad cow crisis, and two atypical putatively sporadic strains, five strains from North American cervids infected with CWD, three strains from Scandinavian CWD, and ten strains from humans with prion diseases. This points to the fact that given PRPC primary structure from a given host can stably adopt different strain structural determinants in the PRPSC state. Yeah, interesting. So it's not just a flip to one form. Mm. That can't make sense, I guess. Whether SSD are located in PRPSC assemblies, um, and how the structural, whatever it was, strange structural determinants specify different biological phenotypes remain poorly understood. Uh, so what's this telling us? So the many scales of PRP SC assemblies, structural diversity, A, inventory of the major strains. Okay, that makes sense. What's C? PRP pentama. PRP mer. Mm, I see. So it's size determinant depending on how infective it is. Mm, okay. 
So at the single host level, different prion strains can co-propagate in the SNC or can co-propagate in distinct tissues due to differential tropism for lymphoid tissue. Within a single strain, PRPSC, oh, people want the paper, right? Um, if you would like the link. Um, Um, yeah, last paper showed molecular lineups, how it's not easy cross species. This is important. I want people to understand that so far there is a species barrier. And so potentially, you know, any beyond the genetic rep, uh, forms of Scrapey or CJD, the emergence of spontaneous Kreutzfeldt-Jakob was likely a consequence of viral peptide interactions with the host and likely accrued over the lifetime such that it, it tends to emerge in the age cohort that we see. The fact that we're seeing um, sustained all-cause mortality and um, cancers, um, cardiovascular events, we know that there's a link around um, the amyloid microclotting, etc., Something something else is now happening, and suspicion should be focused like a laser on the uh, the human catalyzing epitope, and that should be being tested to destruction to be able to either reject or uh, understand if that's what's truly happened. If that's what's truly happened, and it's a consequence of bio warfare um, research, uh, then it means someone's responsible. And then before we turned into jelly brain sponges and uh, just dribbling over ourselves, um, maybe we can uh, extract some vengeance. Excuse me. Uh, let's see. Um, it's a black swan event coming. Um, it's already happened. That's the thing. <laughs> that's that's what people don't get. I, I don't know how many times I have to say it. Um, do, 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 do. Idiocracy was supposed to be fiction. Mm. I wish. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Um, yeah, I would like some vengeance, though. <laughs> can, I, can I pray for vengeance? All right. So structural diversity of scrapie assemblies at the host level. Within the same infected host, different strains, usually two, can co-propagate at different rate. Many examples can be found in animal and human prion diseases. Transmission of classical scrapie field isolates from sheep and goats to transgenic mice expressing ovine PRPC showed that a large proportion of the circulating isolates in Europe were composed of two co-propagating strains, which are termed LA19K, la 21K. LA21K was dominant in most scrapie isolates, imposing its biochemical phenotype, unglycosylated protease resistant scrapie fragment, migrating at 21 kilodaltons in electrophoresis. 
to provide insights on the molecular determinants of strain predominance, sheep scrapie isolates containing variable portions of LA21K and LA19K prions were transmitted experimentally to transgenic mice, expressing ovine PRPC at different levels in the brain. Remarkably, LA21K replicated dominantly in transgenic mice, expressing near physiological PRPC levels, whereas LA19K phenotypically outcompeted LA21K in transgenic mice, expressing high PRPC levels. These experiments demonstrated that PRPC levels can drive prion strain phenotypic dominance. They also suggested that local variations in native PRPC levels, as observed in response to prion replication, may favour the phenotypic selection of a given strain. In the same infected host, co-propagating strains could preferentially replicate in distinct tissues. In the aforementioned example, LA19K replication was mostly limited to the CNS, while LA21K colonized efficiently both the CNS and lymphoid tissue. Such differential tropism may also be linked to different PRPC levels, the spleen expressing 20-fold reduced levels of the normal protein compared to the brain. In another example of co-propagating strains within a single host, the second co-propagating strain was barely detectable. Sheep infected with atypical scrapie, NOR98 strain, were found to co-propagate as minor strain CBSE. CBSE was identified following experimental transmission of atypical scrapie cases to transgenic mice expressing bovine PRP, or to pigs. Now, I thought pigs were... One of the safer animals here, but yeah, maybe not. Uh, and by in vitro prion amplification using a CBSE optimized substrate. Remarkably, CBSE prions were still detected in NOR98 prions and were biologically cloned by limiting dilution in ovine PRP transgenic mice, suggesting that NOR98 replication intrinsically co generated CBSE. Transmission of North American CWD prions from diverse cervid subspecies to transgenic mice expressing deer PRP allowed isolation of two strain types named CWD1 and CWD2. Both strains were found to co-propagate in deer. Transmission of CWD from infected white-tailed deer to diverse bioindicator mice also lends support to the coexistence of CWD substrains. Single polymorphisms at specific codons in the white-tailed deer PRP sequence could impact their relative fitness. <coughs> in human, the co-detection in the brain of two PRP-SC signatures termed type 1 and type 2 by immunoblot has been observed in many patients with sporadic CJD. Polyminidu urocost et al. <laughs> set of names there, but... Um, whether this co-occurrence is associated with the co-propagation of two strains or reflects the coexistence of PRP-SC molecular subtypes with distinctive physico-chemical properties is a debated issue. Recently, transmission of sporadic CJD cases to human PRP transgenic mice showed that each PRP-SC signature was associated with a specific strain. In 80% of the investor cases, 80% investigated cases, the two strain types, M1 and V2, co-propagated in variable amounts. To conclude, strain co-propagation in single infected hosts may be the rule rather than the exception, as co-propagation identification mostly relies on experimental transmission with more astringent replicative conditions for one of the strains.
It cannot be excluded that strain co-propagation results from a unique progenitor strain that spontaneously evolves in these new conditions or because of intrinsic instability. Yet in the aforementioned examples, there were stable manifestations of pure strains on serial transmissions to the ad hoc bioindicator mice. Kind of like that phrasing, bioindicator mice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to go into sciences now, I suppose prion would be a growth industry to get into. Since it's quite fascinating, I guess. Um, where were we? So structural diversity of prion scrapie assemblies at the strain level. <coughs> One of the most straightforward demonstrations of within strain Scrapey heterogeneity is the existence of scrapey conformers with markedly distinct susceptibility to proteinase K digestion. By developing a conformation-dependent immunoassay which detects specifically scrapey immunoreactivity versus PRPC following kaotropic agent resolved denaturation, Safar and colleagues revealed the existence of protease-sensitive PRPSC alongside the canonical PK-resistant PRPCSC conformer termed PRP-RES. Protease-sensitive PRP-SC was detected in eight different prion strains, including biologically cloned strains. Co-propagation of PK-sensitive and PK-resistant PRP-SC subpopulations within a given strain was also shown with techniques substituting PK by other proteases, proteases sorry, such as thermolysin or pronase. The exact contribution of PK-sensitive PRP-SC conformers to prion physiopathology remains uncertain, even if these species could represent up to 80% of total PRP-SC content. Now, what, what I would be thinking at this point is, um, okay, so you have got the protease-resistant strains, and so that would bias the... Um, your search, that, that's what's going to come up in your test, right? That's what's going to be left when you're um, doing autopsy investigations. And so <clears throat> if there's a infective form that can potentially be um, hidden because it's um, prone to um, disaggregation by these proteases, then mm, you're uh, it's the literal looking for a Prion crystal in a haystack. So, something to keep in mind. Uh, so, basically, may represent up to 80% of the early stage of prion replication. Gradual acquisition of PK resistance, as identified in kinetic studies, is suggestive of a dynamic involvement of PK sensitive scrapie in the replication process. I might want to look at that paper i think the experimental stage of the disease depending on the experimental context pk sensitive scrapie was found to be lowly infectious or highly infectious <laughs> or be able to convert prp in vitro these seemingly contradictory observations highlight the fact that the replication process is intrinsically associated to structural diversification yeah hence the the complexity around trying to deal with these things. This is this is why I think it's um it's kind of a 
when, when people say, oh, one thing is, what were we looking at yesterday? DMSO, right? Saying, oh, DMSO is, is going to disaggregate. Well, okay, maybe you've disaggregated, but you might have a whole series of species that you're dealing with, and disaggregation might be worse because you've essentially freed them up to go and um, cause catalyzation once they're outside the influence of uh, your disaggregating agent. Um, anyway, I, I guess just an indicator again of um, the difficulties in treating. So, so post-translational prion protein modifications could affect scrapey structuration assemblies. So structural heterogeneity within a given strain may result from PRP backbone modification by prosthetic groups such as the GPI anchor or glycans. Single amino acid modifications could conduce to strain mutation. Therefore, it would be surprising that variations in the number and nature of the prosthetic groups affect the conversion pathway and conduce to structural heterogeneity. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it would not be. I was going to say <laughs> it would be. It would not be surprising. For example, propagation of biologically cloned mouse prions in transgenic mice devoid of the GPI anchor affected their strain properties or broadened their host spectrum, suggesting profound structural differences between GPI-free and GPI-anchored scrapie conformers. Remarkably, a minor proportion of scrapie is anchorless in wild-type animals. Such presence may contribute to scrapie conformational landscape during the replication process. Glycan's diversity may also contribute to further broadening of scrapie structural landscape. PRPC has two asparagine side chains linked to large oligosaccharides with multiple diverse structures. PRPSC, as well as the normal prion protein, is variably glycosylated at these two sites, which are located at amino acid positions 181 and 197 in the human PRP sequence. The stoichiometric ratio of PRPSC glycoforms is strain-specific and faithfully maintained during prion passaging in the same host species, which means that a given strain has a specific preference for certain PRPC glycotypes. So I wonder if that's a strategy, if you can modify the glycosylation on the on the normal prion protein. Maybe. Um, where was I? Yeah, PRP, different strains. However, PRP scrapey occupancy by glycans, given their extended size, variable proportion, and composition at each site is likely to affect the stability, clearance, and the dynamic of the forming assemblies by steric hindrance. And steric, they're just meaning the uh, the shape that the molecule would make up. And the, basically, they're just things are going to collide so that the uh, the conformational change can't um, can't take place. Accordingly, transgenic models suggest that PRP glycosylation status can influence the efficacy of intra and interspecies transmission of prions. Yeah, so what you're looking at there would be a way to essentially engage in gain of function with prions through, um, <laughs> through glycosylation. Wonderful. <laughs> 
However, in cell-free prion amplification assays using unglycosylated PRP substrate, it was found that glycans were dispensable in specifying prion strain properties. These opposite results may be due to the different strains studied or to the point mutations inserted to prevent asparagine-linked glycosylation because trafficking of the PRP mutant can be altered or because PRP post-translational state markedly influences the fate of the aggregates in the brain tissue. Uh, all right. Okay, so quaternary structure, diversity of scrapie assemblies and beyond. So low-resolution structural studies such as sedimentation velocity, size exclusion chromatography, and asymmetric fast-flow field fractionation have been extensively used to explore the quaternary, quaternary structure of scrapie assemblies. In the brain of terminally sick animals solubilized in specific conditions, the size distribution pattern of scrapie assemblies revealed the existence of subpopulations with distinct quaternary structures. The analysis of different prion strains indicated that scrapie quaternary structure pattern was strain specific. Which makes sense, right? If you've got different um, glycosylations, etc., they're going to. Um, aggregate into these higher order structures differently. When the specific infectivity or seeding activity values, i.e. the amount of infectivity or seeding activity per number of PRP, of size fractionated assemblies were compared, the variations in the prion titer of the assemblies were decorrelated from size variations. I think I need to pass that to Mark D. Within the specific infectivity of seeding activity values, amount of infectivity or seeding activity per number of PRP of size fractionated assemblies were compared. The variations in the prion titer of the assemblies were decorrelated from the size variations. Meaning meaning that size doesn't matter in this instance? Right. So it isn't true, ladies. For example, in rapidly pathogenic scrapie prion strains, PRP SC assemblies with a size equal or below a PRP pentama exhibited the highest specific infectivity values. These values were a thousand to ten thousand fold higher than those from bulk from the bulk of the PRP SC assemblies with an estimated size of thirtymers. I'm presuming here that they're talking about the number of peptides in the oligomer here. It's not, it's not, it's not clear to me right now. So decorrelation was even more patent when other scrapie strains propagating at slower pace, such as LA19K or NOR98 were considered. Assemblies with the highest specific infectivity were equivalent to 30 to 60 mers of PRP. There were, they were, 1,000-fold more infectious than PRP pentamers. Just do something. Mm. So, 
well, I, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. So the bigger, the bigger it is, the more infective it is. That's what I understand from that. So 30 to 60 aggregations versus 1,000-fold more infectious than PRP pentamers, which would just mean five coming together, which were the richest in terms of objects. So you would, you would expect there to be more small, I guess. Okay. I think, I think I see what's going on. Collectively, these data lend strong support to the view that the structural differences between size fractionated scrapie assemblies were not only due to quaternary structural variation, but also involved variation in lower order structuration at the tertiary and secondary level. These observations bring compelling evidence that a single prion strain is formed from a spectrum of structurally heterogeneous PRP subpopulations. So to conclude this section, there is compelling evidence that prions are formed from a spectrum of heterogeneous scrapie assemblies. This pleomorphism can be seen at different scales in infected host populations, infected hosts and within a single strain. Whether the intrastrain diversity is in fine similar to the interstrain diversity remains to be seen. In the future, phenotyping tools with more discriminative power than bioassays may help resolve this question and identifying PRPSC assemblies and the domains responsible for intra and inter strain variability. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a complex complex landscape. And the I mean our molecular biology and modeling like the, the, the smaller atomic scale interactions, I think we're very good at. Um when you start, it's when you know you're you're dealing with a hundred, two hundred amino acids that the the simulations become complex, and then you have to sort of factor in what would what would be in the environment as well, and how that would how that would be, um, well, forcing forcing change onto the onto the positions that the prion would would take. So mechanisms of scrapie structural diversification. So the existence in a single host of different prion strains and in a single strain of scrapie heteroassemblies raises the question of such structural diversification. As a price molecular as a precise molecular mechanism of prion replication is lacking, only hypotheses can be formulated. The prion replication dogma, which remains mostly theoretical, can be split into three steps. The first step is the templating during which PRP scrapie assemblies induce PRPC conformational change through the templating interface. The asymmetric evolution of the templating process, PRPSC is converting PRPC, not the opposite, is only due to the higher stability of the PRP scrapie assemblies compared to the stability of the PRPC fold. The amyloid end elongation by monomer addition remains until now the most widely accepted mechanism of templating. In this process, amyloid fibril ends would serve as templating interface for monomeric PRPC and induce its structural rearrangement by a mechanism resembling the induced fit adjustment or conformational selection. First, first proposed in 1963. In the end, uh, in the end elongation hypothesis, the number of templating interface remains constant. 
Thus, an amplification step is required to accommodate the exponential aspect of prion repli replication. Yeah, so that, that kind of makes sense, right? So um, how come we see this, um, you know, what would be considered, you know, if you're looking at bacteria or viruses, you see a like logarithmic change in um, infective um, pathogens. How, how does that happen in the peptide when essentially you're just dealing with one single reactive end in its most basic form, right? So it's only ever one plus one plus one and it's just, you, you can't expand beyond that. I suppose you could, you could argue that there may be a bunch of them happening, but you still, you'd, you, you want something that can rapidly do this um, doubling each time and those theories don't don't address it very well and so this is like from my perspective i think this is why the catalyzing epitopes smaller sub epitopes may be of more importance than the fixation on the large structure here um let's see try and keep up with the chat um Stupid thing. Why is it scrolling all the time? I did that. Vengeance is mine. I did that. Um, Endure says, Am I Jewish? <laughs> no. Um, Usually we mean something that goes boom in the DOD language or mass carnage or attack on our own soil. Tax collectors in the Bibles were the wretched viruses. Okay. Doc, what the hell was President Clinton doing with his radiation of beef with suggested prions? I didn't know Clinton was doing that. Remember the beef with Macau? We stopped imports of UK beef immediately and then started to radiate our beef to be in is that what they did in the US? Basically said we've irradiated these prions. <laughs> That's funny. Um uh, let's see. Red Cross hasn't let me donate blood in twenty years because I spent over five years of my life in Ireland, despite being O neg and need my type badly. Yep. An old man with terrible white scars on his hands and arms where they cut out anthrax poisoning 50 years ago. Ants that had fed on a carcass bit him. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Podger, that's ridiculous. Is it? I don't know. Um, let's see. I didn't either. It seems it took years for our own thinking to kick in. We're as dumb as dog shit trusting our government, wouldn't you say? Yes. Um... Fang, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. Don't know what that means. They all got it, huh? I just heard Apple and Google. Don't know what that means. The agency sees a lot of things you'd expect and is also watching closely the traffic patterns people don't see, the packets, okay? Honestly, though, there's so many people who know they're getting fucked. The data mass is huge. They can really only use it once. You have already been caught for something. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Um, Obama with the beginning of all this stuff with biological and communications. Uh, no, I think this, I think this has been around for far longer than people would like to think, and you know the the fact that they're citing literature from the sixties and they've known about Scrapey for centuries. For sure, they're they're looking. That would have been an active area of research. Um, Obama pardoned ATT for dragnet surveillance and redacted the smith mund Act to stimulate war with more resonance in the American people, expanding its powers to the agency. Yes, I agree. What up, Preoneers? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, hearty Preoneer back to you. Uh, biological BZ ramped up big. Uh, I don't know what that means. They have always surveilled. AT&T had an espionage unit the minute they put up telegraph lines in 1850. Um, 1963, mucking about a long time. Yes. Yes. Um, Bell Labs can't be left out here. They were an initial project that listened to taglines. Yeah. Astonishingly, only 186 people listening. There is no more important channel, in my view. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Um, but people don't want to know this stuff. Um, you're the... <laughs> You're the glutton for punishment spurgs on the internet that want to sit and work through stodgy academic papers whilst I try my best to wrestle with what it is that they're saying. Uh, let's see. Chris Newby's book, Bitten, is a great resource. Recommend. Yeah, I think um, Chris Newby is uh, she's a force for good, definitely. Um, all right. Your brain research had such serious applications beyond your intense scope. Sometimes wonder if you were sidelined by divine intervention. <laughs> Cheers, God. <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking of uh, a different life, but you know, that's me. All right. So, where were we? We're talking about how how do, how do you get exponential increase in the prion load, and you know it's a it's a good thing to think about if you know if it if all you've got is one end that you would that's essentially reactive that's hard to account for why you would see such uh, um, large expansion. Uh, so. So in this process, amyloid fibril ends would serve as templating interface for monomeric PRPC and induce its structural rearrangement by a mechanism resembling the induced fit adjustment of conformational selection. In the ND elongation hypothesis, the number of templating interface remains constant, thus an amplification step is required to accommodate the exponential aspect of prion replication. The second step is the amplification of the templating interface, beautifully by an assistive fragmentation. The third step, responsible for prion dissemination through the infected tissue, is the spatial spreading of the templating center. One can easily conceive a stochastic formation of structurally distinct set of assemblies from different states of preongenic monomeric PRPC. Let me read that again. Third step, responsible for prion dissemination through the infected tissue, is the spatial spreading of the templating center. One can easily conceive of a stochastic formation of structurally distinct set of assemblies from different states of prionogenic monomeric PRPC. 
It is harder to physico-chemically conceive how, during the templating step, structural diversification could take place without any external perturbation, thermal and environmental fluctuations of the PRP protein. Yeah, this is this is what I was saying about the environment would impact, like so pH and um, just voltage difference even, and will impact the shape that it takes and that and it's it's probably like why why would you get heterogeneous um forms well if uh different organ systems are involved then they're likely to make slight variations to your prion template and that's what that's why you would see this heterogeneity um uh let's see Yet such external perturbations have to accommodate the reaction mechanism at work in the end elongation templating. The induced fit adjustment of PRP to scrapie can be decomposed in three elementary steps, each one being governed by an equilibrium between backward and forward steps. In the first step, scrapie assemblies will interact with the normal prion protein through single or multiple specific interaction interfaces. This interface could be strain-specific. The N-terminal, polybasic region of prion, normal prion, residues 23 through 31, and regions containing residues 89 to 112 and 136 to 158 have been reported to be involved in their interaction between scrapie and the normal prion. The second step, which is concerted with the formation of the PRP SC minus PRPC complex consists in an at least partial unfolding of PRPC into PRPU star. I guess that just means unfolded. Indeed, among all amyloidogenic proteins, PRP stands apart amid its folded native state. Therefore, the templating process inducing PRPC structural transition to scrapie should first disrupt at least some interactions existing in the native fold prior to the acquisition of any new fold. The importance of this step is experimentally well illustrated. Is it so warm today that... I literally need the AC on. Uh, Where were we? So... Therefore, the templating process inducing structural transition should first disrupt at least some interactions existing in the native fold, partial unfolding, prior to the acquisition of any new fold. The importance of this step is experimentally well illustrated in self-reformation of synthetic prions, where a partial unfolding of recombinant PRP is required to induce PRP fibril formation. It is not straightforward to figure out the impact of external perturbations on these elementary steps. Indeed, as any reaction process, be it irreversible or not, can be decomposed into multiple micro-equilibria, a misfit between PRP, scrapie, PRPC, would destabilize the complex and displace the equilibrium toward the dissociation. Templating, okay, spreading, amplification. Um, don't really see the 
external perturbation. Okay. Anyway, they conclude, it's difficult to consider a physico-chemically equivalent PRP-SC diversification process in the frame of the current theoretical prion polymerization mechanism. That's why you have to look at epitope catalysis, I think. I don't think I don't think it's just coming from the prion protein itself. PRP scrapie assembly diversification due to prion replication. So a change of paradigm is necessary to accommodate scrapie diversification with the prion replication mechanism. To achieve progress on this issue, we studied kinetically prion assemblies, structural diversification during prion replication. The size distribution analysis of scrapie assemblies from three distinct clone prion strains human VCJD, mouse-139A, and scrapie-127S prions at different time points of the disease showed that the early steps of prion replication generated small oligomeric scrapie objects. The formation of larger PRP assemblies appeared to be a secondary step in the evolution of the disease and was concerted with the disappearance of the small oligomeric objects. The imprecision and the variability of the in vivo experiments required the exploration of the early stage of prion replication through an in vitro bona fide prion replication system such as the cyclic amplification. Okay. <laughs> so... In the cyclic amplification assay, minute amounts of scrapie are mixed with a substrate containing prion protein. Usually this substrate is a transgenic mouse brain homogenate or cell lysate expressing the mammalian PRPC of interest. The mixture is then submitted to alternative cycles of sonification, quiescent incubation, 37 degrees for one to two days. Many rounds can be done by refreshing the PRPC substrate. PM, uh, cyclic amplification mimics the prion replication process as most often it generates high levels of prion infectivity and maintains prion strain biological properties. As mentioned above, SV coupled with a measure, SV coupled with measure, with a measure, I think it's supposed to be, with, me, with a measure of specific biological activity of the fractionated assemblies allows isolating different structural states of the scrapie prion in the brain of terminally sick mice. Applying this strategy to cyclic amplification generated prions showed that the prion replication process generated two, sets, two subsets of structurally different scrapie assemblies. Their process of formation was intricated and sequential, regardless of the strain considered. For the three different clone prion strains studied in vivo, the first replication step generated mostly small scrapie oligomers, termed AI. AI size was below a PRP pentamer. The second step, which required the presence of PRP, transformed AI oligomers into larger ones, termed, <laughs> hilariously enough, BJ. This was accompanied by further structural rearrangements at the level of the secondary tertiary structure as identified by differences in AI and BJ-specific infectivity values. Um, I think the authors are having a laugh here, but... Um, irreversibly, they knew I was going to have to read it out and say BJ again and again and again. The irreversibility of the transformation of AI into BJ, i.e. BJ, is not an AI condensate. <laughs> and three, the structural differentiations in the elementary bricks constitutive of AI and BJ assemblies. 
<laughs> I struggle to read this now. Um, uh, Vin Fluza, good evening. Uh, fallen world theory, all degrading human genome integrity as society show it. Uh, speak for your own society. <laughs> it's nice and uh, K26R3 over here. <laughs> BJs, right. Kinetic studies and mathematical modeling showed that the transformation process of AI into BJ assemblies through this secondary templating pathway was cooperative and under control of PRP substrate consumption. Collectively, these data lend support to the view that the prion replication process is intrinsically a source of scrapey assembly diversification within a single strain. This occurs in a deterministic manner, thus contradicting common beliefs supporting stochastic events or environmental fluctuations at the origin thereof. To conclude this section, there are at least two possible main ways for prion structural diversification, one due to replication process itself and the other one due to PRPC itself under the influence of environmental fluctuation where replication occurs. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm surprised at them not identifying epitopia. PRP diversification and prion adaptation. So prions can transmit between different species, yet this capacity can be restricted by a so-called species or transmission barrier. Oh, we're getting to the uh, point of today's stream. Now I've turned the AC on. <laughs> it's bloody freezing. Uh, Put my jumper back on, excuse me. Ah, all right. Ah, uh, a species barrier. Okay, so um, <laughs> just be um, just be careful eating that deer meat before we get into this, and uh, just in case you're about to tuck into that tasty bit of venison. Right. So prions can transmit between different species, yet this capacity can be restricted by a so-called species or transmission barrier. Prion cross-species transmission issues are highly variable. Two extreme issues are well documented. Transmission can occur with little or no species barrier, faithful or identical transmission, or be negative. In the last case, however, prions may persist in the brain for the entire life of the inoculated host because of their pronounced resistance to clearance. <laughs> nice. Um, most often, prion cross-species transmission is difficult, necessitating serial passaging in the new host to adapt and reach a 100% attack rate with stabilized disease tempo and consistent neuropathological or biochemical phenotypes. In certain cases, a new prion strain type may suddenly emerge, usually from second passage onward, uh, 
as shown by a drastic reduction of the incubation time to disease and stabilized phenotype. Usually this new strain type has lost the capacity to reinfect the parental host. Mm. Yeah, that's, I suppose, makes sense. I mean, if, if the host, if, if the host templating comes from well, a combination of the environmental factors and the, um, the intrinsic variability between species, then it's, it's got to sort of, once it's, it's hopped over, it's got to essentially try and make the hop back. And, you know, I have to, th I have to think about the sort of kinetics of that, but, um, I, I, I can see why it, it would be, uh, anyway. So in certain cases, a new prion strain type may suddenly emerge. Yeah as shown by a drastic reduction of the incubation time to disease and stabilized phenotype. Usually this new strain type has lost the capacity to reinfect the parental host. This phenomenon is termed prion mutation by analogy with conventional pathogens. There are also reports of prions able to replicate on primary passage in animals expressing PRPC from a foreign species, but unable to adapt on further passage, a process referred to as non-adaptive prion amplification. In short, when prions are confronted to a new host or a new PRP sequence, all outcomes are seemingly possible. <laughs> host determinants of the species barrier. So prions species a cross species transmission outcome is critically dependent on po upon host pathogen interactions from the host side the route of infection and the gene encoding prp are two critical determinants during interspecies transmission events the efficacy of infection can vary by a million fold depending on the route of inoculation this route dependent efficacy has been extrapolated to interspecies transmission events but to our knowledge no systematic assessment of the minimal infectious dose relative to the route of inoculation has been done. Mm. During intraspecies transmission events, the efficacy of infection can vary by a million fold depending on route of inoculation. Yeah, which it kind of makes sense, right? It's, you you want to get most bang for your buck in terms of lab experiments. You put it, your prion of interest, directly in the brain. Right, and if you're trying to um, understand more the call it a life cycle, infective cycle, I guess, then you you know you want to do the you've got to grow it and have plants take it up, and then you've got to have animals come in and eat the plants, and then you got to see how it then transmits between animal to animal, and then um, that's a long drawn out process, even with even with something like uh, mice. I mean, I don't think. Is there are there prion uh, Drosophila models? Maybe. Um, uh, anyway, transgenic modeling by Kruzner's group demonstrated that PRP primary structure homology between the host and the infected prion was sufficient to abrogate prion species barrier. Uh, demonstrated that primary structure homology 
was sufficient to abrogate prion species barrier. Meaning that just it just had to be similar enough. Okay. So hamster S237 prions, which do not induce a clinical disease in wild-type mice, propagated readily in transgenic mice, expressing hamster PRP. This seminal experiment paved the way for transgenic mouse models that abrogate prion species barrier in laboratory animals. As another example, sporadic CJD prions, which do not replicate in wild-type mice, faithfully propagate in transgenic mice, expressing human PRP. It was later shown that PRP sequence homology is not a prerequisite as sporadic CJD prions replicate in bank vole with little or no species barrier. Yet bank vole and humans share a 90% amino acid sequence identity. Bank voles or transgenic mice expressing bank vole prion protein may be universal prion acceptors because of their capacity to propagate many strains from many different species, including prions reputedly difficult to transmit, such as those responsible for variant, well, variable proteolytic, whatever, um, prionopathies or gersman strausler schenker syndrome. The fact that expressing PRP with a sequence identical to that of the infecting prion, uh, infecting prion most often, if not always, abrogates the species barrier in mice or in other potentially less permissive species like rabbit or drosophila. Well, there you go. Drosophila is not permissive. Um, Lens supports the view that they are non-PRP genes essential to prion cross-species transmission. Support the view that they are non-PRP genes. That there are no, sorry, there are no non-PRP genes essential to cross-species transmission. Okay. Again, how, how long is this paper? Hang on. Um, uh, we're coming up on conclusions, I think. Maybe not. I'll try and get it. <laughs> I'll try and do it in this stream. Time is it? We're getting late. Uh, let's see. Is uh, anyone uh, keeping the doc motivated right now? Let's check. Uh, oh, phew. Uh, I say thank you to Mordan Beans, uh, Gaza, um, Cat. Thank you. Uh, Vex and Corona Riot. Much, much appreciated. Um, I'll keep going. Uh, let's see. Where was I? We were talking about bank foals, right? Um, so, uh, I just want to read this last paragraph again. The fact that expressing PRP with a sequence identical to that of the infective Infecting prion most often, if not always, abrogates the species barrier in mice or in other potentially less permissive species like rabbits or Drosophila. Lends support to the view that they are no, that they are no non-PRP genes essential to prion cross-species transmission. I don't know. That's just clumsy written sentence to me. It must be noted that within the same species, PRMP polymorphisms can modulate disease susceptibility to a degree of magnitude like that observed in interspecies transmission. For example, sheep expressing ARR allele at PRMP codons 136, 154, and 171 instead of the ancestral ARQ allele where AR and Q stand for alanine, arginine, and glutamine respectively, are highly resistant to classical scrapie prions. And yeah, in, in this instance, when people ask, well, you know, what's what's the elite countermeasure? And I say, well, it's the, um, it, it'll be something along these lines and a series of mitigation processes 
probably some um, combination of therapeutics, and um, they they maybe can crisper into their uh, progeny the uh, the polymorphism that they would need. Or it can merge spontaneously within a large enough population, which at the moment, if we're in a super prion event, <laughs> it's probably the, the best hope that we have. All right, so where were we? In human, a naturally occurring variant PRP MP. We spoke about this the other day. Position 127, valine instead of glycine, protects against prions responsible for CJD or Kuru, an acquired form of CJD due to cannibalistic rituals. In humans, the common polymorphism at PRMP code on 129, where either methionine or valine is present, provides a relative protection, notably against clinical forms of variant CJD. In cervids infected with CWD, PRPC polymorphisms emerge as important driver of prion selection and evolution, particularly in the heterozygous animals. Hmm. Um. Let's see. No cheating, Doc. <laughs> All right. Um, intracranial injection. Yeah. Um, that's where you just uh, open a burr hole in the skull and put a needle directly in the brain and you um, you squirt in a known amount of brain homogenate or recombinant um, scraping. Uh, They know they're fucked up by priming the adaptive with spike in a pandemic, hence disease X. Maybe. I've got a feeling disease X is going to be <laughs> prion zombies everywhere right now. Um, uh, see. Because knowledge is power, Doc is a knowledge of people for and by the people delivery system. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. The importance of Doc BJ's aside cannot be diminished by a healthy sense of humor. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Disease retard incoming. Yeah. Uh, imagine what that looks like. Imagine if, you know. Wow, I let's let's just take like a bit a bet. Let let's just say it's it's not invariably fatal, as they say in in these documents that we often read. But let's let's just let's just say that um, the uh, that that it gets into the brain, and and it made mention that you can put prions into the brain. And because of the species barrier, it won't, um, well, basically ignite boosters. And the, but the prions stay there. And essentially because they, they're, they can't be broken down and are hard to get rid of, persist for the lifetime of the animal. And so you're going to be there causing inflammation, irritation to, um, you know, exquisite brain architecture that you need and so we end up with a cohort who are just you know they rapidly descend into um spongy form state and then maybe maybe a good proportion 
are just well, could it could it just be as you know if you if you lost IQ points, okay, I, I but I can't see that as being a single uh, dimension upon which you could make measurement. There would there would be associated abnormal other brain abnormalities, which you know in a, in a creature as complex as humans um or just imagine imagine how fucked up people are already just in terms of <laughs> neuropsychology and amplify that by um orders of uh magnitude <laughs> that could be a that could be a strange strange world the k26rs wouldn't stand out so much imagine that all right so from the pathogen side, the prion, sorry, um, yeah, pathogen determinants of the species barrier. So from the pathogen side, the prion strain type and obviously the dose inoculated are two critical determinants, the dose being itself critically related to the route of infection. As mentioned above, strains responsible for the different forms of sporadic CJD do not replicate in wild-type mice, despite inoculation at high dose and intracerebral inoculation. Oppositely, VCJD prions can propagate in these animals. The force of the species barrier depending on the genetic background and the associated polymorphisms in the PRP encoding gene. Strain-dependent susceptibility is similarly observed for the PRMP polymorphisms within the same species. This, didn't I read this? The sheep expressing ARR allele become fully susceptible to the NOR98 strain responsible for atypical scraping. The species barrier is tissue-specific. This is important. Capacity of invading prions to replicate extraneurally in the newly infected host is critical as foreign prions can establish easier in the spleen tissue than in the CNS. Transgenic modeling showed that the spleen was seven to tenfold leakier than the brain to prions that adapted with difficulty to foreign PRP species. This included notably BSE prions in human PRP transgenic mice expressing methionine, a codon 129. Such leakiness of the spleen versus the brain may explain why the number of clinical cases of VCJD is limited, or the number of asymptomatic individuals with. PRP VCJD positive lymphoid tissue is high. Mm. I wonder what that number is. I want to look at that paper too. Is this um, Bear with me. Did that did that not Okay, thank you. Prevalence in Britain of abnormal prion protein in human appendices before and after exposure to the cattle BSE epizootic <laughs> oh, we'll be reading this one next <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> okay um uh, we were talking about tissue right so yeah we did we did spleen uh molecular aspects of the species 
barrier and prion assemblies diversification. The aforementioned examples indicate that the force of prion species barrier depends on the possibility of interactions between tissue-specific prion and the infected prion strain. The molecular level, it is believed that constrained steric interactions between prion protein and prion scrapie are the limiting factor. How could this view accommodate PRP scrapie assemblies diversity? It may be anticipated that the larger the diversity of PRP assembly structures, the greater the probability of interactions with foreign PRPC. The confirmation... Wait, have I... We've read this. Have I, have I jumped? No, maybe not. The deformed templating model. The deformed templating model is the second model to explain prion species barrier at the molecular level. It stems from the difficulty of certain minimalistic preparations of recombinant PRP fibrils to transmit disease to bioindicator animals. In these experiments, following recombinant PRP fibril inoculation, atypical forms of PRP scrapie accumulated in a few asymptomatic animals on primary passage and further passage virulence gradually increased and classical scrapie species emerged. The deformed templating hypothesis that stems from these results is based on an end elongation replication process. It considers recombinant PRP assemblies as highly hom homogeneous. It also cons considers that because bacterial PRP does not express glycans and the GPI anchor, it creates a structural barrier on contact with the mammalian Excuse me, prion, which expresses these post-translational modifications. With these hypotheses, the first step of the cross-species transmission will consist to create a certain degree of heterogeneity on the primary passage. After this heterogenization step, the authors made the hypothesis that with several cycles of templating, the templating interface will progressively shift to a more efficient templating interface. This two-step process tentatively explains how a strong species barrier could be crossed and may explain the emergence of prion mutant. Yes, it suffers several limitations. First, other preparations of recombinant PRP fibrils are directly highly infectious without occurrence of PRP scrapie structural shift. Second, it does not consider scrapie assembly diversity. Third, the slow progressive evolution of the templating interface over passaging should be put in perspective with the number of scrapie templating events at each passage, approximately 10 to 14 replicating events for hamster. 293k. Okay. The conformational complementation model. The conformational compl complementation model is the only model that considers the structural diversity of infecting scrapie assemblies. In addition, it implicates the existence of synergetic interactions between these differing subpopulations. This model stems from experiments by the importance of scrapie assemblies, structural diversity, and cross species transmission events were specifically addressed. Scrapie assemblies were separated from each other by SV-based size fractionation. Is that species-based size fractionation? Or by serial dilution transmission to transgenic mice expressing a foreign prion sequence. In the absence of a transmission barrier, separating or diluting scrapie assemblies was without influence on disease tempo and prion strain properties. In the presence of a species barrier, fractionating scrapie assemblies by SV overtly delayed or even abrogated prion-genesis. Despite sufficient infectivity load of the isolated assemblies to adapt per se, dilution had also a severe impact. The efficacy of infection being 10,000-fold decreased compared to homotypic prion protein, or 1,000-fold decrease compared to the expected value in heterotypic prion protein. Mm, okay. 
It could be argued that these experiments are congruent with the conformational selection model, the loss of subcomponents by fractionation or dilution resulting in the loss of optimized conformations in the heterotypic PRP context, and thus in delaying abrogating prion genesis. A first counter-argument is that the isolated PRP-SC assemblies that finally adapted on serial passage in the new PRP transgenic host did not differ in terms of strain properties from unfractionated prions, meaning that if an optimized conformation pre-existed, it was not lost during fractionation. The second counter-argument necessitates to detail one of the experimental paradigms used. The rapidly pathogenic LA21K fast scrapey prion strain was fractionated before transmission to transgenic mice expressing hamster PRP. The pentameric oligomers with the highest specific infectivity values in the homotypic context had sufficient infectivity levels in the heterotypic context to adapt. They did not elicit a clinical or subclinical disease. The larger assemblies with the lowest specific infectivity values in the homotypic PRP context listed a subclinical disease in a very low proportion of mice. It could thus be said that these assemblies had the optimized conformation for the hamster PRP sequence, yet because they are by far the most populous confirmation in the unfractionated prion strains, they should have elicited, elicited the disease at a higher attack rate because of their presence and substantial amounts in the SV fractions. A simple selection of optimized scrapey confirmations is unlikely to explain these observations. We thus posited that somehow the assemblies should complement each other to cross the species barrier, i.e. interact with foreign PRPC. How is complementation mechanistically possible? In its simplest exception, it implicates interactions between heteroassemblies to create new structural information absent in each single assembly that allows interaction with heterologous prion protein. As mentioned above, structurally distinct scrapey assemblies are generated by the prion replication process, AI and BJ, with their specific subunits, SUPRPA and SUPRPB. Mechanistically, we found that the secondary templating pathway that generates in a PRPC-dependent manner, B from A, involves the formation of SUPRPA, SUPRP, heterocomplex. This is possible because AI and BJ are constitutively in dynamic equilibrium with their own SUPRP. Mm. I need to think about that. I'm getting tired. SUPRPA, SUPRP, B heterocomplex may interact with heterologous protein because it may have a templating interface that is not present in A and B due to the structural constraints imposed by the interactions. In interactions with heterologous PRPC, such a new templating interface would lead to the formation of de novo SUPRPB star with an optimized, so the prion protein is acting, the normal prion protein is acting as a catalyst in this instance, that's, that's size dependent. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and read this later when I'm less, less tired. Um, on interaction with heterologous PSP, such a new templating interface would lead to the formation of de novo SUPRP. I guess that's what it's saying. The force of the species barrier would thus depend on the stability of the heterocomplex, the possibility of new interface with heterologous PRPC and PRPC concentration for the cooperativity of the reaction. This complementation model would best accommodate the within-strain PRPSC assembly diversity and the underlying dynamic mechanism of genesis. 
To conclude this section, PRP scrapie assemblies diversity at the level of the host or the strain must be taken into account when addressing at the molecular level the issue of prion evolution during cross-species transmission. Confirmation selection models and the complementation models consider scrapie diversity with respect to prion substructure or substrains. The second model will go a step further by taking account the dynamics of the assemblies. Um, okay, so conclusions. The review tentatively unravels the many shades of prion assemblies, diversification, and the need to bypass the one assembly fits all. The approach to understand prion replication and adaptation at the molecular level. PRP scrapie assemblies, diversity, dynamic of formation and exchange provide new mechanistic insights into prion replication and adaptation. This provides prions with an evolutionary advantage due to selection of best replicator or mutational events in different environments to finally ensure persistence and diffusion within the host at the population level. High-resolution structures of prions purified to homogeneity are, the begin are beginning to emerge. In essence, they suggest that scrapie assemblies are organized in a specific manner within a fibrilla supraorganization which is extremely stable. It remains so far difficult to consolate or to find commonalities between the deadpan aspect of these emerging structures of PRP, SC, diversity and dynam dynamicity. Mm. So far difficult to conciliate or to find commonalities between the deadpan aspect of these emerging structures and PRP, SC, diversity and dynamicity. Um, I don't know what they mean there, deadpan. Like deadpan meaning like no emotion. Seems an odd turn of phrase. The next challenge would be to provide structures at high resolution of the assemblies that preserve their diversity. Now it's all about a diversity. Um, yeah, so look, this is painting a, um, you know, a picture of, you know, it's not just, a, you know, a blob of protein and it just changes. You know, there's, there's far more nuance involved in these um, disease processes. And um, what this misses glaringly is cross-seeding epitopes from viral species that could be potentially contributing as well. And um, it's, uh, it's odd to me that they would miss something so uh, standout. Uh, um, I, guess it's, I guess it's a measure of the, just in most, in most cases where, where it's a limited um, area, of research, you're going to get a limited pool of ideas. And so there's going to be conforming to a um, idea and even something like trying to talk about uh, heterogeneous species is considered, um, uh, you know, sacrilegious, I guess. Um, let's see. Cannot imagine what the fuck the injured are thinking now. What's going to happen for them next? I'm so when when they're saying here that the you know you can have prions sitting in the brain, etc. The and the fact that we're still here means that it's it's impossible to scrub out the species as a whole with this type of um, mechanism. Can it? take a lot of the species out yes yes i think i think that's clear from the literature and the mechanisms but 
it's not uh it's not uh it's not like the end end right so there's that um let's see do you suppose the ruling class wants those of us left to be operated on like the cat on a treadmill doc have showed us no forebrain when they pop in their computer with pre-programmed behaviors to do their bidding maybe they have more clever plan Baldrick, but doubt it. Oh, they—they they probably just want a shot of you all. Reset, reset it all. Um, you know, I, I can't remember who mentioned it at the beginning, but you know, maybe maybe these people are such um, avid believers of, um, you know, their climate nonsense that they think everyone's everyone's got to <laughs> they want to just go got get wiped out. Leave it, leave the leave the air for Africans again, and then you know how much of them are going to survive through this. Who knows? Um, do, 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 do. May 16th, 1990, Minister John Gummer enlists daughter's help in fight against my cow disease. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, are you sure that wasn't a trial run? Yeah, that's that's a great that's a iconic um, clip. I remember this. Agriculture Minister John Gummer attempted to reassure the British public that British beef was free from mad cow disease by getting his four-year-old daughter to take a bite out of a burger. On this day in 1990, Britain's Minister of Agriculture chose to enlist the help of a most unusual political aide as four-year-old daughter Cordelia. In an attempt to assure the British public that they had nothing to fear from mad cow disease, John Gummer invited the press to an outdoor event in his Suffolk constituency. There, in front of... <laughs> what a cunt. <laughs> I hate politicians, man. Uh, I, I remember this one. I was yesterday. TV cameras, he offered little Cordelia a bite of freshly ground British beef burger. Much to the minister's horror and the delight of the press, she recoiled. At some pains to explain that the burger had simply been too hot for his infant child, Gummer began chomping away himself, pausing only to say there was no need for people to be worried about British beef. Despite Cordelia's refusal to play ball, <laughs> the twee photo opportunity would have pleased Gummer's political masters. Here was a visual representation of the government's line on the matter, bovine spongy form encephalopathy, BSC, posed no threat to humans. But the issue could not be waved away with a stun.by 1993, nearly 1,000 cases of BSE in cattle were being reported every week. By 1994, 160,000 infected cows had been identified, with over 50% of the dairy herds in the UK affected in some shape or form. Against this backdrop, the suggestion that the disease could jump species and cause the fatal human brain condition Creutzfeldt Jacob disease (CJD) was gaining credence. All right, right, but voice, I've had enough. But yeah, um, a iconic fragment. <laughs> uh, what's this? Ding. 
If you were around in the 90s, and especially if you lived in the UK, you might yeah. remember all the panic. Shut it. Yeah. Uh, I bet Mad Cow was a test run. I think Mad Cow was very likely a consequence of spillover from Porton down. That's what I think happened. And um, I think these, these programs, bioweapons programs, have been looking at prions for a long, long time, trying to figure out what to do, how they work. And um, it ripened just in time for the uh, eugenicists to uh, reach their cooming billion. Oh, God, it's going to be a billion. Um, just say no to government-issued deer sandwiches. <laughs> uh, brain organoids on chip is the cure for disease x for programmable and diverse retards. Yeah. Oh, they'll use the kill bots on the dindus, maybe. Um, just say yes to corporations running everything. Wait, they already do. That's right. Oh, I missed this one. That if Marx had on his bingo card capitalism eating itself by way of synthetic organisms and countermeasures being the final stake in the heart. Yeah, well, you know, there was an analogy to capitalism selling you the rope by which you'll hang them, right? Um, let's see, spillover how, how would one of those cow, cows get it? Um, well, like I say, there's, there's enough now known around amyloidogenic epitopes. And then you find which ones are pre-oncatalyzing or, yeah, we, we have that data now. And we, we just, right now the needle's gone into like high alert and, we have to hope that there's a whole slew of studies that come out that just say, oh, that, that they're mistaken in their, um, their analysis. And the, anything that we think we know about prions doesn't, doesn't work. So even if they thought they had the, um, the mechanism to uh, make the uh, management as egalitarian as possible, they missed. That's that's the hope now. Or or you get you have, um, you you let um, the adaptation bi biological adaptation run. But for that you need kids. You can't have a fifty percent reduction in birth rate <laughs> plus plus brain uh, brain rotting epitopes in circulation and building up in the environment. That's that's uh, that's an all round uh, bad set of variables for team mankind. Um, all right. Um, I think I'm out of here. I, I can only, my time in this chair, is, <laughs> it becomes ever more painful. All right. Uh, let me just see if anyone else, uh, fed the coon today. Um, if you didn't, you will know what you are. Pre-unridden K26Rs. And uh, thank you all. Much, much appreciated. All right. Take care. God bless, folks. And I think tomorrow I want to read this paper about the... Uh, where was it? Not that one. Um, as much as I'm interested in uh, oligosaccharide um, priming, I want to look at this one. Prevalence in Britain of abnormal prion protein. And I think we've read this. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of glad I had my appendix taken out. <laughs>
<laughs> well, maybe you needed that. Maybe maybe that was the need that sponge there to soak it up. <laughs> Who knows? All right, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. See you. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers. I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually blame. Fuck these kappas. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws you my fucking blood blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking praying for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All that five. This guy. Send technically five thousand. Let up. 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 Let up